When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Rodgers going for it all, looking to bring it open. He's got it! Lazard! Gonna go! Touchdown! Rodgers snaps it quick, scrambles to his right, pumps and runs, and Rodgers is inside the pylon! Allen has time. Intercepted! Sauce Gardner's got it, breaking away. Garrett Wilson. Wilson, a big play downfield. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinton Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And we're going to talk about the Jets' first-round pick, Will McDonald. A bit of a surprise, but if you watch his tape, you've got to be excited about his acquisition for the New York Jets. And if you want to learn more about him, you go to somebody that knows him very, very well. And so... Just as last year when the Jets drafted Brees Hall in the second round, I got somebody that knew Brees Hall pretty well, called all his games. I went right back to the same guy because he was so awesome last year and everybody loved hearing from him. John Walters, the voice of the Iowa State Cyclones football team. John, thanks so much for coming back on the show, sir. It's great. We should make a habit of doing this every year. Absolutely. I'm down. Let's just make sure that (laughs) Robert Sala and Joe Douglas get the memo that they have to draft at least one Iowa State Cyclone every year. (laughs) Somebody must have passed that on to them because they seem to be doing it. So, so far, so good. Yeah, not only that, but as we were talking about before we started recording, and we'll get into this a little bit later, the Jets signed a wide receiver from Iowa State as well, although they didn't draft him. He's been in the league a few years, but a very proud Iowa State Cyclone nonetheless, Alan Lazard. Yeah, it's phenomenal for all three of those guys to be wearing the Jets uniform. And I think it'll really help Will to have those other two guys with him in New York. I mean, you, you know, Will is is going into a situation where, you know, he's he's a guy from Milwaukee, went to, went to college in Ames, Iowa, and all of a sudden he's going into New York, and that could be kind of intimidating for a young guy. And uh, I think that having Brees Hall, who's one of his best friends, mm-hmm. and 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 Alan Lazard, a guy that he really looks up to, there with the Jets organization, is really going to help Will in his transition. I think it'll help him to feel at ease, and I, I think he'll uh, really benefit from having those two guys around. So it's awesome to have all three of them in a Jets uniform. John, before we get into it, since you brought it up, let's talk about the relationships there. McDonald said that he had been texting with Brees Hall the day of the draft before he had any clue that the Jets were going to take him. So that clearly shows that they are very tight, as you said, one of his best friends. And Alan Lazard, a guy he looks up to, I wasn't aware of any relationship there, but clearly you have some insight on that. Can you talk a little bit more about the bond between Will McDonald and Brees Hall and then a little bit of a mentorship, I suppose, between Alan Lazard and the two younger guys? I, I just know that there it, there was a lot of excitement for Will to get the opportunity to go play with Brees, who obviously he played with and was a teammate with. And 
you saw their hug there at the Jets uh, facility when he showed up, and uh, that was a cool moment. And Allen's just a guy that everybody in the Cyclone program, I think, for the last three or four years has really been looking up to because of his overcoming the odds and becoming, you know, uh, a, a really good NFL wide receiver uh, when not a lot of people believed in him uh, on draft night. So um, I, I think those are great stories, and I, I think they're stories that Will can certainly look up to and feel feel really good about that hey and, and they're really good people you know we, we talked last year on your podcast about Brees Hall and what a good person he is and Alan's the exact same way so I think having two people that you can really look up to that you know are great individuals that are, are, are gonna you know be there for you anytime you need them is really going to be valuable for Will and I'm sure some other Jets teammates will reach out and they'll have great relationships too but automatically he has two right out of the shoot with those two former Cyclones. So I think that's just going to, you know, put them in a little bit more of a comfort zone going in there. Let's talk about Will McDonald's journey to Iowa State and then from there to the Jets. It began at Waukesha North High School where he had transferred as a freshman. And the head coach of the football team there, Matt Harris, took one look at Will McDonald in the hallway and immediately chased him. It was almost like the guy who sees the girl of his dreams and he has to go talk to her. The football equivalent of that is a football coach seeing a kid and being blown away by just the physical specimen. So he went up to him and asked him if he'd played any football. Will McDonald said he didn't play football, didn't watch football, didn't know anything about football. But the coach said, look, I think you could be a really good football player just looking at you. I could tell that you could handle football because Will McDonald is a physical freak, always has been. And so he told him, coach, I would consider it, but I can't. I got to work to help pay the bills around the house. And John, this is something that I think tells you a lot about Will McDonald's character. Will McDonald would get up, he would go to school, and then after school, he would play basketball. And then from there, he would go work until nighttime, come home, do his homework, go to sleep, get up early in the morning and do it all over again. And when he wasn't doing those things, he was keeping an eye on his younger siblings. He was babysitting, helping out his mother. And that was Will McDonald's life. He knew that he was put in a very important position in his family and that he had to do everything he could to contribute. And so that meant earning money to help the family, but also to help pay for his own stuff because some of the money he earned went towards the equipment that he was going to need to play in the sports that he was playing, namely basketball. He felt it was only right. Talk to me a little bit about that aspect of Will McDonald, who knew from a young age that he had a responsibility and more importantly, a responsibility to his family. Yeah, that's a such an impressive thing for a person that age to have that perspective. And Will worked at McDonald's and just, you know, did anything he could to help bring home some money because he didn't come from much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're exactly right about him being more of a basketball player and not a football player. And, you know, that was his sport and he was very athletic and, and people could see that. And then, you know, by the time Will was a senior, he ended up in, in basketball, football and track. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite stories about his high school career is that in, in track, uh, as a senior, Will was the state discus champion and finished third in the high jump at, at state all wearing Chuck Taylor high tops. Okay. So he, it wasn't like he had the fancy track shoes, the fancy money, you know, to, to be able to go invest in all this stuff. He's wearing Chuck Taylor high tops and winning the discus and winning the high, uh, finishing third in the high jump. And, um, and so, 
people saw that athleticism, including obviously the Iowa State coaches as they recruited Will. And uh, I remember, you know, Eli Rashid on signing day, who was Iowa State's defensive line coach. And he doesn't throw out hyperbole very often, but he said on signing day, he said, Will McDonald is a freak athlete. He said he's got a 40-inch vertical jump. When he dunks in basketball, they are violent dunks. He said he's got length. He's got speed. He was a captain on his team, and he is going to be a great pass rusher for Iowa State. And, you know, I mean, just to hear those words, that's so rare for Coach Rashid to use, you know, that kind of a description on any kid coming into his program because usually he's a little bit more reserved, but he couldn't hold back on Will McDonald. So I think Eli saw the same things that that high school coach saw walking down the hallway and Will is just a terrific athlete, and it, he's kind of a self-made guy, but uh, obviously has valued the right things throughout his life uh, to want to do something for his family at that young age and have that kind of perspective and that kind of responsibility to get up early in the morning and work hard every day. He is a, truly a self-made guy. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. John, you mentioned Eli Rashid, and Eli Rashid, when Iowa State acquired Will McDonald on signing day, said, quote, Will McDonald has the chance to be one of the most dominant pass rushers in school history. So as you said, he's not a guy that throws out that type of hyperbole easily, but boy, was he bullish on Will McDonald as a football player, and so was Matt Harris, his high school coach. Because Matt Harris wouldn't take no for an answer. Will McDonald said, no, coach, I got to work. I'm playing basketball, all of that. His mother, Chandra Williams, didn't want him to play at first because she was afraid he was going to get hurt. But the coach basically begged him, wouldn't let it go. Said, look, I know you could be a great football player. Just come play for me. So as a sophomore, he finally talks Will McDonald into coming onto the team. But Will McDonald has so much going on, he can only practice and play part-time. He plays in some of the lower-profile games and only goes to 10 practices. But he showed so much potential and such incredible athleticism that Matt Harris, his head coach, knew that he was definitely right about his ability to play football and be really good at it. And so Harris goes to Chandra Williams and he says, listen, you have to let Will just play sports and go to school and not worry about working because if you let him focus on football and you let him focus on track, he could be a Division One scholarship athlete and this could be his ticket to a much better life. And so Chandra Harris understood that in the short term they were going to need Will to pitch in around the household, but she understood what Matt Harris was saying, that in the long run it was going to be best for Will to be able to focus on his sports in a school. And so she relents and she lets Will play football and Will decides he's going to play football. But the crazy thing about this is McDonald still didn't know anything about football. He was just using his pure athleticism. So he would go out there and they would make it very simple for him. They would say, Will, the quarterback's over there. Go rip his head off, basically, is what they told him. And more or less, that's what he would do. And the crazy thing is, despite knowing absolutely nothing, as a junior, he had 20.5 tackles for a loss and 11.5 sacks, which is insane. And I thought this was a wild story. Now, we'll get into the Iowa State part of this 
in a bit as far as their recruitment. But at one point, Wisconsin sent Ron Dane and Barry Alvarez to visit, and they went to meet with McDonald. And you know the story with those two guys. Ron Dane, former Heisman Trophy winner, Barry Alvarez, legendary coach at Wisconsin. Will McDonald wasn't impressed. It wasn't because he had a big head or he thought he was better than meeting with those guys. It's because he had no idea who they were. So that tells you about (laughs) where Will McDonald was at this point. His head coach, Matt Harris, finally able to convince his mother to let him play. He sees so much potential potential in the limited amount of time that he spends on the football field that he basically begs Will and his mother to let him play football and pursue it as opposed to spending time working at McDonald's as you said he doesn't know anything about football but still goes out there and absolutely dominates to the point where a former Heisman Trophy winner and a legendary head coach from the college ranks are both coming to look at him just goes to show you exactly what Eli Rashid the defensive line coach for Iowa State said He's an athletic freak, and Matt Harris saw it day one. The vision started to pay off here his junior year. Just incredible from the get-go with Will McDonald and how he was able to use his natural athletic gifts. It's an amazing story, and it's a real credit to Coach Harris for seeing that in Will and investing in Will and saying, I I think this really can be a turning point in his life and in his family's lives. And, you know, I think... A lot of times high school coaches or whatever mentor it is that kind of guides a a person, a young person in the right direction, uh, doesn't get enough credit for that because, uh, you know, if he didn't invest in Will, if he didn't really care, uh, who knows what Will McDonald's story would be. And for him to make that kind of investment saying, look, I'm going to talk to your mom. We're going (laughs) to, we're going to convince her that, you know, this is, something you can really do and be successful at. And, you know, Will Will's the very first person in his family to have a college education and graduate. And um, that was something that was very, very important to him. So I think this coach, you know, saw something in him and thought, man, what a, what an opportunity this is. It, it, it is his ticket uh, to go have a very successful life. Now, obviously, you've got to do something with that opportunity. But you know, he saw a motivated kid and, and the fact that he knew nothing about football, that's just that's just awesome. It's probably one of the reasons he ended up at Iowa State. <laughs> you know, I mean, if, if he was all enamored with, you know, history and tradition and, and all these things, uh, just as Matt was uh, Matt Campbell was really getting the program going at Iowa State, he might not have been all that impressed with Iowa State, but he probably had a very open mind about you know, all the different schools that were approaching him. And it wasn't like there were a ton. I I think he ended up picking Iowa State over Minnesota and Baylor. Um, But there weren't, you know, a a zillion offers out there for him. He was a three-star guy. But, uh, you know, for a young uh, guy to listen to his high school coach, trust him, uh, and then for his mom to do the same, and for it to open that door just to crack for Will to be able to go on and excel and have the, the things happen to him that have happened over the last five or six years is just absolutely amazing. And Coach Harris deserves a ton of credit for that. John, it goes even beyond that with Coach Harris and the trust and the bond between Harris, Will McDonald, and Will McDonald's mother. Because at one point, Will McDonald's mother had to move when he was a senior. And the drive was just going to be too far to go to school So Harris actually took Will McDonald in with him. 
housed him, fed him, he lived with him. And Will McDonald was able to do that and then go see his mother and his family on the weekends, which was an incredible sacrifice on his part. But it wasn't anything new to him because as a young boy, he had helped his mother through a battle with breast cancer, which can take a major toll on anybody, let alone a young boy. So he had already seen a ton of adversity. And I think that's a lot of what appealed to Matt Campbell. And I wanted you to speak on this, John, because obviously you know Matt Campbell well. You know what he looks for. But here was the quote that Matt Campbell had about why he wanted Will McDonald on his football team. Quote, I think it helps as far as maturity when you have experiences like Will has had and find ways to overcome them. He's the kind of kid you root for because he's shown he's willing to fight for success. Those are the kinds of kids who usually don't fail. And Matt Harris added to that, quote, he's the type of kid where all he needs is an opportunity. Once he gets that opportunity, there's no stopping him. So Matt Harris saw it early on. And then when Matt Campbell saw Will McDonald, heard his story, got to know the kid, he loved Will McDonald, the football player, but even more so, he seemed to love Will McDonald, the human being. Talk to me a little bit about that and what Matt Campbell looks for in these recruits and why this seemed to be such a good match. Well, it is a great match, and and that is exactly what Matt Campbell looks for on the recruiting trail or just in life. I, I, you know, Matt is a person, and, and a lot of coaches are going to say this, and th- they're all going to say it, okay? But it's not lip service with Matt Campbell. He is very invested in these young people as human beings. And if you went up and down Iowa State's roster, you would see many more examples just like will mcdonald isaiah lee is another great example whose mom was sick and he was finding his own way to get uh tickets to get on the bus and and be able to go to a different high school 20 miles away to get his opportunity to become a football player and he was going to visit his mom in the hospital and working and taking care of his sister and ended up adopting her and i mean the the stories like this are up and down the iowa state roster and i think matt uh, really does um, as much as he values athletic ability. Obviously, that's first. You have to have that to be considered. But uh, he he really does look at the human being. He's got a guy who's uh, basically his life coach for the student athletes at Iowa State named Justice Jones, who does a great job just sitting these guys down and 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 helping them with the, the everyday challenges of life and. It's important to Matt. And if you if you listen to Iowa State football players that commit to the program and they'll say, well, why, why did you pick Iowa State? It's because they, it's almost every single one of them is going to say, well, I had a, a really good relationship with Coach Campbell and his staff, and it went way deeper than football. It wasn't just football. They were calling me and asking me how I was doing in school, you know, how life was at home. And they really got to know me. And it's not done just for the sake of being able to get this player into your program. Sure. That's a, that's a big part of it. But another part of it is Matt truly does uh, judge himself, not as much on wins as law and losses as on how he develops these young guys from the minute they step on campus to what they become as human beings by the time that they're done with Iowa state. And he takes, I think, more pride in that than he does in any victory or any, you know, uh, accomplishment that the Iowa State football program has. And that sounds 
really, really corny, right? Uh, oh, yeah, every coach is going to say that. I can guarantee you that that is the way Matt Campbell is, and his whole staff is that way. And so uh, I'm not surprised at all that he saw that in Will and thought, you know what, just given a chance and given the right nurturing and the right coaching and the right people being around him on a daily basis and really getting him uh, on the straight and narrow into uh, maximizing, as Matt always calls it, becoming the best version of yourself. Um, that that was something that I'm sure Matt saw a ton of potential in Will, not only as a football player, but as a human being. And it's why he, I think, was very emotional on draft night when Will was picked by the Jets with the 15th pick. And Matt Matt was, uh, was pretty emotional. You could tell as he was talking to Will in a little video clip right after the draft. And, you know, Will sat there and watched the draft with Matt Matt uh, Campbell and his coaches. And so, you know, that tells you something too about his relationship. He wasn't about, he could have driven three hours down to Kansas city and walked across the stage in a suit. And I don't have any, any ill will or bad feelings about any kid that wants that opportunity because it's a dream for a lot of kids, but for Will, it was important to him to be around his coaches and be around the people he loves. And, and uh, that was just really a a cool moment. So uh, it kind of came full circle, I guess on that night. John, it's sort of similar to what we talked about last year with Brees Hall and how he had forged a connection with Matt Campbell, he and his mother, LaRonda McDaniel, and that's why he ended up picking Iowa State over other schools. Now, Brees Hall had more choices. He was a higher-level recruit than Will McDonald, but still, that relationship was a big part of why everything worked. And Will McDonald, clearly comfortable with structure. He'd been dealing with it since he was a little kid, and he's even talked about how he thought that he was headed for a career in the military if football hadn't come along and changed his life. But on the subject of Brees Hall, I remember you telling me the story about how Brees Hall almost had to redshirt his freshman year because he just wasn't getting things done early on. He wasn't showing what Matt Campbell needed to see. So Matt Campbell brought him into his office and said, look, this is the week you either have to show me something or I'm going to have to redshirt you so you don't waste a year. And then Brees Hall went out there, kicked butt, and never looked back. With Will McDonald, he ended up redshirting, but it was after he played a little bit his first year as a true freshman. He had a sack and some tackles for loss. So what happened here? Why did Will McDonald end up redshirting even though he was pretty productive in the first couple of games? Well, Matt Campbell has always had a rule of thumb uh, throughout his coaching career that he would rather play a guy too late than too early. Um, And I think it's all about the confidence of the young man and wanting him to go out there and be successful when he gets that chance to get on the field. He doesn't want to put a guy out there too early and have him have a bunch of uh, unsuccessful moments and lose confidence in himself. And, you know, he's also trying to win football games too. So that has something to do with it too. But Matt throughout his career has always said, I would much rather play a guy too late uh, then, then play him too early. So what happened is, you know, I think that might have been the very first year that the NCAA put this rule in, where you could uh, you you could play up to four games in your true freshman year and still have a red shirt. Okay, and so with Will in 2018, uh, the coaches saw an opportunity that he was getting better. They they saw him in practice. They were thrilled with his his production and how far he was coming. But they also didn't want to rush him out there. They knew he was a project. You mentioned how, you know, the football was still relatively new to him. And think about the jump from high school football to, you know, the Big 12 conference. And so um, Matt was trying to pick the right moment to 
take advantage of those four games that Will was able to play. So I, I just remember the first time I saw Will McDonald play uh, is at TCU late in the season. And he comes into the game and almost instantly, it's like he shot out of a cannon into the backfield and he gets a strip sack and a fumble that Iowa State recovers. And um, man, that was a sign of things to come because he ends up with 10 forced fumbles over the course of his career and sets the school sack record and the Big 12 sack record. But, man, that very first moment, it was like, oh, okay. You know, I, I've heard a lot of good things about this kid and about how athletic he is. And, and what Eli, I remembered what Eli Rashid had said about him, you know, on signing day. And, you know, the, that was consistent with what the coaches have been saying, you know, throughout the year that they really felt like this guy was a, a terrific athlete that was going to end up being a really good pass rusher. But, Man, to actually see it for the first time, that sack at TCU, it just blew you away how quickly he got back there to the quarterback. And, um, you know, that that little tease was a great thing for Will's first year. And then he had a chance to get in the weight room and really work on his body, which he needed uh, before he came back and then really established himself in his redshirt freshman year. But that experience, just that, that I think it's a great rule that's been put in where you can play up to four games and still get a red shirt. And I think that was a perfect example of using it wisely by coach Campbell. John, as you said, things really started to get going for Will McDonald, his redshirt freshman season. He becomes a starter, gets six and a half sacks before having back-to-back double-digit sack seasons, becoming a three-time All-Big 12 selection, as you said, smashing the Iowa State sack record and the Big 12 sack record and becoming the 2021 Co-Big 12 Defensive Lineman of the Year. Talk to me a little bit about watching this evolution play out in real time, and also, to the best of your knowledge, did Will McDonald consider leaving school after 2021? Because his stock would have been pretty high. He'd already established himself as a tremendous pass rusher, and he was a little bit of an older prospect at that point as it was. Now, coming into the NFL at 24 years old, you would have thought that being a year younger, having his stock be piping hot like that, he would have strongly considered going to the NFL. What do you remember about that? Was that something that he really thought about? Taking the, the first part of your question first, um, you know, the, the last four games of Will's redshirt freshman season, you know, he had five sacks in those last four games. And he really, you now you're really starting to see it. Oh, my goodness, this guy's going to be special. And then he had a phenomenal a sophomore year led the nation in sacks you know with 10 and a half and first team all big 12 and i'd add academic all big 12 and so you know he's taking his schoolwork seriously and that's going to lead me into the second part of your question but you know the the 2021 season comes along it's will's junior year he's a first team all-american that season he he breaks the school record for sacks with 11 and a half and you're right. After that season, there's no question that Will could have declared for the NFL draft and would have been drafted. And who knows? I think, you know, most projections probably had him maybe going late second, early third round at that point. Um, but a very important thing to Will was graduating. And he wanted to be the first person in his family to graduate. And he wanted to come back to Iowa State because he wanted to do some things on the football field. Um, I think that Coach Campbell wanted to give him the opportunity to move around a little bit, to drop back into coverage some, to show that he could be uh, uh, an every-down player at the college level, which obviously he'll still have to prove at the NFL level over time. But I think he'll probably come in the same way he came into Iowa State, where he's used primarily as a guy 
that's just going to go get the quarterback and rip his head off, as you said, uh, uh, and on passing situations. But um, but but for Will, it was important at the college level to take that next step. And yes, he had the opportunity to go to the NFL. Yes, he probably had a long line of schools that would have loved to have had him in the transfer portal if he decided to do that, become immediately eligible somewhere else, maybe play at a more pronounced university that's had more of a, a history with football to maybe make a bigger splash. Uh, but he was very loyal to Coach Campbell. Uh, he was willing, even though obviously having some financial security had to be very important to Will. We've talked about his background. Um, I think Coach Campbell helped him understand that, you know, with another year, um, he, he could, um, you know, potentially become a first round draft pick and look what how that all worked out. So, uh, Will did graduate. He is the first person in his family to graduate from college. And I think he accomplished what he wanted to by coming back. He didn't have the big sack numbers as a senior, but I think he showed a little bit more versatility. And uh, obviously he did nothing but upgrade his stock because he moved into the all the way to 15th pick in the first round. One thing that was curious, though, John, is at 236 pounds, Will McDonald was used a lot on the inside in 2022, and I think that might have hurt his stock a little bit, because if he had played strictly on the outside again and had another double-digit sack season, it's very possible he winds up going in the top 10. Now, he ended up going a little bit higher than people were expecting, so it didn't hurt his draft stock that much. What do you know about that decision by Matt Campbell to use a guy that size on the inside instead of letting him do what he does best, which, as we said, line him up on the outside, pin his ears back, and tell him, go get the quarterback? One thing was that even if Will had lined up in his natural position on every play, he, by this time uh, in his career, uh, every opponent had Will McDonald at the very top of their scouting report. It was the first line on their scouting report. And he was seeing double teams all season long. And um, and so they moved him around a lot because it, as a team, it helped them defensively. They still had, if not the best defense in the Big 12 Conference, certainly one of the top two. Um, and Will was a huge part of that. Whether he was getting numbers or not, he was certainly a big part of that. And uh, they played him inside a little bit, but he didn't play in there a lot. He did drop back into coverage more than he had in other years. Um, I think he proved that he can play that part of the game and have some instincts in that regard. Um, but ultimately, when he did try to rush the passer, uh, he got a lot of attention. I said during one game uh, this year on our broadcast that uh, Will McDonald gets held more than my daughter's phone. Okay. And <laughs> that that is the truth. I mean, if you looked at the number of holding calls that he drew over the course of his career, and I don't chart that, but I'm sure somebody has it somewhere, it, it would be double digits easily, uh, the number of the holding calls that Will McDonald was able to draw over the course of his career. Most of them, I would say, came in his senior season. So he was getting a lot of attention. He's getting a lot of double teams. He's getting held a lot. Um, and those are just the ones that were called. <laughs> there were a few others that that uh, you could hear the crowd react. You could see the coaches react or they thought there was a hold. But look, he, he was still an absolute guy that you had to game plan around. And that's when you know you've got somebody that's special, when you absolutely have to game plan for this person. And that's exactly what Will McDonald was. And so, you know, the numbers might not have spoken as loudly in his senior year, but his impact was absolutely every bit as big. And Iowa State still had a terrific defense, and he was the heart and soul of it. 
John, Will McDonald sounds like an ideal fit in the locker room for the culture that Robert Sala and Joe Douglas are trying to build with this Jets team. I'm curious about his fit in terms of New York, New Jersey. Now, he doesn't necessarily have to live in the city. I've talked about this before because any player that comes to the Jets, you can live in farm country if that's more your speed. But obviously, it's a different market different set of expectations do you think he'd be comfortable with that and also tell me a little bit about Alan Lazard I know this is a show about Will McDonald but you know Alan Lazard pretty well from his time at Iowa State can you talk a little bit about what the Jets are getting there from a character standpoint absolutely um and and I'm going to be honest I I don't know Will personally enough to know where he'd be comfortable living whether it would be out in the country or in the city um, I do know this. He'll he'll take it seriously. What no matter what where he lives or uh, what what the the situation is, he's going to take his NFL career very seriously and and go make the most of it. Um, I, I think that's just a product again of really being around good role models at Iowa State, including his coaches who really took him under their wing. And he's come so far as a young man. You know, I can remember Will. You know, when we did interviews with him, you know, uh, we do mock interviews with the freshmen when they come in and he was very soft spoken and very quiet. He still is to some degree, but now he can give great answers to questions. He's he's very uh, comfortable talking to the media. And I, I think he'll be just fine in New York. I don't think that'll be a problem for him at all. Alan Lazard um, is another guy who will really help in that regard for Will. I, I think those two guys, Brees Hall and and Alan Lazard are really going to help Will in, in his transition. But Alan, I think you're getting a really high character guy. Uh, just to give you a little background on Alan, he he's a guy that, you know, was highly recruited and could have gone anywhere. And he uh, w- was at one point the number one high school receiver in the country coming out of Urbandale High School in, in suburban Des Moines. And he ends up picking Iowa State because his dad played there, Kevin Lazard, who was a good player at Iowa State. And you know, he, he wanted to play for the same school that his dad did. And he comes to Iowa State and has a tremendous career, uh, the leading receiver in Iowa State history as he's leaving. And he doesn't get drafted. You know, it was a bizarre thing. Uh, he, he didn't go in the first couple days. And he thought, OK, on the third day, I'm for sure going to get drafted. So 40 of his friends and family go to Buffalo Wild Wings and sit there and watch every pick on that third day unfold in the NFL draft. And there's the Des Moines registers there and he's flown family members in and he's got, you know, uh, the Des Moines registers I mentioned, he's got his high school basketball coaches even there supporting him and he never hears his name. And think about that disappointment and, you know, goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars and ends up on their practice squad. And uh, they're not even high enough on him to put him in their, uh, you know, on their roster. I think a lot of teams, maybe the reason that 33 players were selected in the NFL draft that year and Allen was not one of them is a lot of them saw him as a tight end because he was a very big physical receiver, but they thought maybe he was too big. And so, you know, he gets his chance where the Green Bay Packers pick him up off the Jags practice squad and he goes up to Green Bay and he gets one target in the last game of the year from Aaron Rodgers, makes that catch. And, <laughs> you know, there, there's his NFL career to that point. Right. Um, but he goes, gets an invitation back to camp the next year. and He's not a sure thing at all to make it. But, you know, he just kept working his butt off and eventually he makes the Packers. And Aaron Rodgers, after that that first real season with the Packers, 
really likes this guy and thinks, man, I want him around. And I, I he went to bat for him. And so uh, Allen ends up, you know, signing again with the Packers and every year getting better and better. And I think the area I mentioned, he's a big physical receiver. He's a very good blocker. And uh, so, you know, he'll bring that to the table for the Jets too. But that's where he really took his game, I think, to another level and where Rodgers saw so much value in what he could do for the Packers. And he's a great community guy. Okay. And so he's out there in the community doing all the stuff that I think for a small town, small market team, like the Packers was a very big deal to have a guy willing to go to the hospitals and visit and, and meet with kids and do all those positive things that can really represent the Packers. Well, uh, an indication and illustration of that was just a couple of weeks ago, we have an award here in Iowa. It's for the character counts organization. It's the uh, Robert and Billy Ray, a pillar of character award. Robert Ray was the former governor of Iowa and they started this character counts organization and, and wanted to recognize one Iowan each year for their outstanding character. Allen was the winner of that award a couple of weeks ago and Zubin Mahenti from ESPN came in and hosted and, and interviewed him on the, on the set. There you know, 500 people there helping raise money for this organization. And, and Allen was chosen for that award because of his great character, because of his willingness to get out in the community. And it was a really special night. I mean, you have all these people in attendance. It's a, uh, you know, it's a formal event, uh, it raised a lot of money for charity. Um, but it just speaks volumes about Alan that he was named for that award. And, you know, it's not just the getting out in the community. I, I He's just a good person. Um, Alan, I remember about a year ago, um, shot this little video and put it out on Twitter of himself taking a um, one of his Green Bay Packer jerseys and surprising his high school football coach, Sam Anderson, at Urbandale High School and bringing him that jersey and signing it personally for him. And I know he did that for a lot of other people um, in the days when he was back here. Uh, here's a great example of uh, Alan Lazard um, and the type of grounded person that he is. Um, you know, some people have summer homes that are uh, NFL players, you know, in California or, you know, someplace tropical or and he gets to those places, trust me. But he's got a, a summer home in Bondurant, Iowa, which is, you know, a couple thousand population or whatever. Um, and he just likes coming back and hanging around. He's around the Iowa State program still a lot. Uh, they saw a picture of him on the Jets uh, Twitter yesterday where he's, uh, you know, wearing the Iowa State gloves. He, he still wears those to practice. Um, so he stayed connected to this university, but he stayed connected to Central Iowa. I saw a video of him a couple of weeks ago out there playing in the playground with a bunch of kids. And, you know, he's going to really uh, ingrain himself into the community and be a great leader, I, I think. And obviously has a great relationship with Aaron Rodgers. I already saw those two sitting together at the Knicks game the other night. And so, I, I think Allen's going to fit right in and be a great teammate and do whatever it takes to try to help the Jets win. John Walters, the play-by-play voice of the Iowa State Cyclones. Thank you so much for coming on. We got to make this a yearly tradition. Like I said, I've got to convince <laughs> Robert Sala and Joe Douglas to draft at least one Iowa State player each year so that I have an excuse to have you back on the show to talk about it. Really appreciate it. Phenomenal insight, as always. For those that want to check out what you're doing on social media and maybe tune in to the Iowa State football games to hear you, how can they do all that? Uh, my Twitter handle is JWCyclonesTV. 
I'm only on Twitter. Uh, I, I can only handle one social uh, media thing. I can't, <laughs> I can't handle more than that. So um, that that's what I'm on. And uh, if they want to listen to Iowa State games, we'd love to have them listen. They can do that with the uh, the Varsity Network app. It's free, and, and they can listen to any Iowa State game they want to on there via Learfield. So we'd love to have them do it. And, hey, Scott, you keep drafting Jets, and I'll keep coming on. So that's a deal. You guys, <laughs> you guys hold up your end of the bargain, and I'll absolutely hold up my end. I got to recommend making sure you listen to those games because, A, John is one of the best at what he does, so you'll hear a real pro, and, B, you're going to probably hear him calling the name of a future New York Jet if past history is any indication of the future. So make sure you tune in to John calling those games for Iowa State. Check out everything we've got going over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel, including all 22 breakdowns of two of the guys that John mentioned during our conversation, Alan Lazard and Will McDonald, the number 15 overall pick in the 2023 draft. So watch our video, subscribe if you haven't already. The video breakdowns courtesy of the Thunder from down under, Luke grant it's youtube.com slash play like a jet visit our store tpublic.com that's tee we've got the john franklin myers quentin williams bless you thank you shirt the play like a jet logo shirt caps mugs hoodies it's all there tpublic.com that's tee and be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on itunes if you haven't done that already easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you could go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcasts and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and play like a jet.com 